son. If you laugh with one another, then you'll cry with one another. I'd mother much rather be laughing as crying, that's for sure. But uh, let's read this 11 verses of Revelations 4 and uh, deal with that tonight and start in chapter 5 next week. After this, now when he talks after this, after the all the letters to the seven churches, after the Lord had appeared to him and showed him all the golden candlesticks and the seven stars and all the things that had been said. And after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, I will show these things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within and they rest not they rest not day and night saying holy 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 lord god almighty which was which is and is to come and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sit on the throne who liveth forever and ever the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created <laughs> title of my message this evening behold the throne behold the throne there's a couple of things I want us to remind us of. A couple of things. The first thing is the purpose of this book, purpose of the book of Revelation, is to comfort God's people, to comfort His church, His mystical church, His people on this earth. And as it goes through its tribulations, as it goes through its persecutions, and as it battles the forces of evil in this world, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And the scriptures tells us He sees our tears. He receives our prayers. 
And he bottles them up. And he tells us he's going to avenge the blood of his saints. And our final victory in this world is promised and assured. We have the promise that we're all going to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, And we're going to dwell in a city whose light is the Lamb Himself. Uh, And so that's the purpose of the book. But the theme of the book is the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, uh, that's why He sits on the throne. We have no doubt that our Lord has already won the victory for us. But we also have the victory in Him. And we're going to reign with Him. But He's already whipped the dragon. And we have to face the dragon. We see Him in the victory over the dragon. Over the serpent. Over Satan. And all of, over, over all His forces. There's the false prophet. There's the great hearted. There's the beast that comes out of the midst of the sea. And all of these represent the evil in this world. And Christ shows that He whips them all and is the victorious over all of them. And we're victorious in Him. We're victorious in Him. And thirdly, this book is full of symbolism. And the best thing I can say about that is a series of pictures. When I just read this tonight... What we saw was a bunch of pictures. A series of pictures. You start reading down through here, the first thing you see is the picture of a door opened. Then a picture of the throne. Then a picture of the beast. They're just pictures. And they're not... They, they say something to us by these pictures. By these, these pictures. And all of them, these pictures are full of action. they just none of static. Nobody's static. When our Lord Jesus, when the first thing John said, said, I heard the voice that I heard. Christ had already spoken to him once in verse 10 of chapter 1, and he said his voice was as a trumpet. And so we have these, everything's full of action. We see seven golden candlesticks. Candlesticks got fire in them. They burn. They shine. They got light. Then you have someone walking in the midst of those golden candlesticks. Something's going on all the time. And he's this person is wearing a long, long robe. Got a golden belt around his waist. His white high his, 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 his hair is white, just like the sun in its brightness. His eyes full of fire and blaze. In his right hand he holds seven stars. And out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword. And then when all that's done, we come here and we behold a throne. (laughs) We see a throne. And around this throne there's a rainbow. And out of this throne there's thunders and lightnings and voices. Voices. Now let's go down through these verses one by one and see what we can learn tonight about some of these pictures. And John said, And after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. You know, there's only one door that the Scriptures talks about in this, in, 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 
And that's the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. He is the door. He Himself is the door. And if anybody gets into heaven, they got to go through that door. But John said, here I saw a door opened. A door. I mean, a door opened up. And then the first voice, that's like the first voice which I heard. Just like the voice he heard in Revelation 1.10. As it were a trumpet talking with me. A trumpet. You know, and I thought about, I didn't even think about this till this afternoon. When I was looking at this again. And it talked about Christ's voice being as a trumpet. And you know a trumpet, the scripture said, if he gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? But a trumpet, that means it's a musical. It's a musical instrument. And our Lord's voice is as a musical instrument. Always in tune. Always makes the right notes. Always got the right thing to say. Always got a sweet voice. And music comes out of that voice. And what blessed music is? Music in the blood. Music in the righteousness. Music in His justification. Music in His grace. Oh, the sweet sound of His voice. And then that voice that's talking to Him said, Come up here. Come on up. Come up. Come up here. Come up here where I am. (laughs) And look what he said. And I'm going to show you things which must be here after. Huh? The future. He said, come up here and I'll show you some things that's going to happen in the future. And I'll tell you this. When we see this, the only way for anyone to know anything is got to come from above. If anybody learned, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ Himself, He said, no man can learn anything or know anything unless it's given to him from above. And that's what John said here. He said, I heard a voice that come up here. And the only way we're going to know anything and learn anything is that voice tells us what we have to learn. And, I'm, you know, if we know anything, we got to have a voice from above speak to us. The new birth comes from above. And just like whenever we meet, anything that we know, we got to hear that voice from above. A man can receive nothing unless God gives it to him. And that's what he's telling us here. And it must be revealed. John didn't know a door was up there. John didn't know what heaven looked like. John had never been there. And so it had to be revealed. And who reveals it? Christ does. His blessed voice that speaks to us. And then look what he says in verse 2. And immediately. I love those words immediately. When Christ do something for somebody. Immediately. And immediately I was in the spirit. Now what does that mean? That means that he was not conscious of his physical surroundings around him. He had no concept of anything going on around him. He was in the spirit. He is in the Spirit. He doesn't now see with his eyes. He doesn't see with the physical eyes. Now he only sees a vision here. And you know this body, this old flesh, is a veil. Oh, what an awful veil it is. It's a cloud. 
It's a hindrance to us seeing the things of our Lord Jesus Christ and seeing the things of the Scriptures. But John said, I was in the Spirit, unconscious of anything going on around him. And then look what he says next. And behold, a throne (laughs) was set in heaven. Behold, a throne. Behold, a throne set in heaven. And one set on that throne. And when we deal with chapter 5 and chapter 4 and chapter 5, this is all one, this is a continuation, all the same thing going on around this throne and this blessed throne. And I tell you that this is the pictures that we see here. This isn't to give him a picture of heaven, but this is to give him a vision of the universe and who rules over the universe and controls the universe and whose mind and will is done perfectly, that one that's on that throne. Huh? It's to show us that all things are governed by the man that sits on that throne, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, the Lord reigneth in heaven above. And I tell you, this is comforting to know. Behold a throne. You know, and this is comforting. This is comforting. You know, you can lay down at night and say, Lord, tomorrow is going to be your day. Tomorrow, your will. I'm going to wake up to your will. Tomorrow, I'm going to wake up with your purpose. Tomorrow, I'm going to have a new day of your will and purpose in this life for me. And you know, that's the most wonderful thing to go to sleep thinking about. That I'm going to get up tomorrow. And God's will is going to be done that day. And His purpose is going to be done that day. And I tell you, you know why? Because He has a throne. He sits on the throne. And let me say something about that. Now, you know, when we say He sits on the throne, the Scriptures tells us, mentions so many times about a throne. But it also says that God's inhabits eternity. So we just have this picture of this throne. And people that sit on the throne, sovereign sits on thrones. Kings sits on thrones. Mighty men sit on thrones. They're the ones that wears all the crowns. And so he was on this throne. And I tell you, you're talking about comforting and assuring. And I tell you, because we know, because he sits on the throne, that all things work together. All things, not just one or two things, but all things work together for our good. For our good and His purpose. His purpose. And I'll tell you, this is assurance. We may be tried, but God's on the throne. He's on the throne. And I'll tell you, when He says, Behold the throne, this throne is the center. Everything gathers around this throne. Everything that we read from here on out is around this throne. Everything centered on this throne. These beasts and these elders, they're all centered around the throne. And the worship is this throne. And the glory of this throne. It's the very, this is the center of the universe. This is the center of power. People say, well, this, you know, in this earth, they say, over there is the center of power. Over here is the center of commerce. And I tell you what, the center of this universe and the power of this universe and the control of it is Christ, God Himself, sitting on the throne. 
You want to know what history is? It's His history. Everything that's happened was His. Everything that will happen is His. And everything that will happen is His. When we read about Him sitting on the throne, we're reading about His will, His mind, His purpose. You know, I tell you, we live in a day and age and when man's the one that's got all the sovereignty, God's the one that goes begging. Huh? Oh, listen. This, this age, you know, and it's been going on for so many years now that people don't know any different. Oh, we listen, God ain't got nobody hands but your hands, no feet but your feet. And he just absolutely wants you to do all of his will and all that. He has to stand. He's a bystander in his own world. And he's turned it over to man in his will. Turned it over to man in his sovereignty. I heard a preacher say one time, said, you're the one that's sovereign. God has to wait on you till you decide to let him do something. I wouldn't be in that preacher's shoes for 10,000 worlds like this and 10,000 more of them. Huh? John said, I beheld a throne. And I tell you what, that's what we, we look, we look, we look forward to being around that throne one of these days. Huh? Oh, and that's thrown here. This is where true history's learned. This is all that happened and ever will happen. Everything else in this world is just secondary causes. Huh? Secondary causes. He's the first cause of everything. And I'm certainly grateful He is. What's the secondary cause? Anything that happens. (laughs) You know what you've got? Secondary cause. He's the first cause. He witnessed to the people about that the other day, didn't he? He witnessed to the doctor. He witnessed to the nurse and told them, said, God gave me this. God sent this to me. God's responsible for this. He said, you may be able to do a lot, but he said, I'm in God's hands. Oh, listen. He started crying. I, I, I won't tell this on you, Gary. He started crying and said, you know, maybe God gave me this just so I could witness to them. Just so I could witness to them. I said, you know, God gives us thanks so we can tell about His grace and His glory. Huh? Oh, my. The real will, the real mind that controls this universe is the mind and will of God Almighty. You know the throne occurs 17 times in these two chapters. The word throne, 17 times. I think that he's trying to tell us there's a throne in heaven. (laughs) You reckon we'll get it? Oh my. And I'll tell you one thing we do. We get too taken up with the footstool and sometimes lose sight of the throne. And this throne stands right in the midst of the holies and holies. Just as the ark did in the holies of holies in the tabernacle and in the temple. And when Isaiah saw the Lord, he saw him high and lifted up. Uh, Ezekiel saw this very same vision in Ezekiel chapter 1. Same exact vision, the same kind of people that's in this one right here. And then not only did he see the throne, but he said, And I saw one that sat 
sat on that throne. And one sat on that throne. Now like I said, God is, is not setting. This is, this, like I said, it's a picture. Showing his sovereignty and his power and his mind and his will and his purpose. God's not actually sitting on a throne. He's everywhere. He inhabits eternity. He holds the waters here in the hollows of his hands. He put the stars up there. and and There's not a star in the sky that he didn't name. And oh my. And I tell you that one sitting on the throne. He can't be seen. God can't be seen. So we, so all we can do and understand and how what John is doing here is describing his glory, his brightness, his, his brilliancy and his radiancy. And look what he says about him. He that sat on the throne was like to look upon like a jasper. You know a jasper's brilliant. Clear as crystal like a diamond. Let me show you that over here in Revelations 21. Show you what it describes what a jasper looks like and what it is over in Revelation 21:11. Look what it said here. He he said to look upon him was like looking upon a jasper. He is so brilliant, he shines, and he's clear as crystal. And look what it said here in verse 11. Having the glory of God in her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone. Clear as crystal. God shines like crystal. Shines like a brilliant, brilliant, glorious. Shines and brilliant in His glory. Then a sardine stone. A sardine stone is red. Bloody red. Bloody red. Oh my. That that jasper stone symbolizes and shows us a picture of God's holiness. And a sardine stone is bloody red. It's just bloody, bloody red. And that shows that God's holy character and His holiness and His throne can only be approached, can only be seen, and can only be come into the presence of through the blood of His blessed Son. You can't approach that throne, can't come to that throne, can't speak to the God on that throne without the blood of Christ who God judged. In our room and place. And then look what else it says about. And there was a rainbow about the throne. (laughs) You remember the first time a rainbow was ever mentioned? You know why there's a rainbow? God entered into a covenant. With Noah. And he put a bow in the clouds. And this rainbow round about that throne, you know what it tells us? And it says it was like an emerald. Like an emerald. And you know what this tells us? That God's children, as far as they're concerned, the storm is over. <laughs> the rainbow shining is around the throne. There's no storm waiting us when we get to heaven. There's no judgment for us. I tell you, I remember a book years and years and years ago. Somebody published it. And he and I heard a preacher say one time down in Georgia. 
For God taught me the gospel, and I know it was wrong then. He says that there's going to be a lot of people in heaven crying and weeping because they didn't do God's will the way they should have had, didn't obey Him as they should. There's going to be tears in heaven. But it just said here, you know, that the throne is the rainbow around the throne. That means just like the rainbow that God's judgment fell on that ark and the rainbow come out to show that there's never going to happen again. So God's got a rainbow around His throne. You don't have a storm. There's not going to be a storm for you. Huh? I'll tell you when you see my throne, a rainbow around it. Why? Because the storm was put out on His blessed Son. Huh? Oh my. And then look what it says next. And around the verse 4, and round about the throne were four and twenty seats. Four seats. Now look, here's the throne right in the middle. And right around is 24 seats. 24 seats around the throne's right in the middle. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders. There was four and twenty. Somebody sitting in all 24 of those seats right around that throne. And oh my. And look, they was all dressed in white raiment. They had on that glorious righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, they had on their heads crowns of gold. Crowns of gold. Oh my. Nah. And what are these 24 elders, these 24 seats? Well, I believe I can make good of it on here, even in Revelations. The Old Testament church is represented by the Jacob's 12 sons. By Jacob's 12 sons. That's the old that's the entire Old New Testament saints represented by them. And then the other 12 seats is the 12 apostles. And they represent and show the New Testament. The saints of the New Testament. And I tell you what, I look in Revelation 21 and I'll show you that that's exactly what it's about. Revelation 21 and verse 12. Look what he says here. Oh my, so it, this, this represents the church of the Old Testament and the church of the New. The, the whole church from both dispensations. And look what he says here now. Verse 12, And had a great wall and high, and had twelve gates and the twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east gate, on the three gates, and on the south gate three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So when you see these twenty-four seats, there sits the twelve patriarchs, there sits the twelve apostles, representing all of God's elect from Old Testament, New Testament too. And they were clothed in white, Garments of holiness and righteousness. Crowns of gold on their head. Showing that they had won the victory. And let me tell you something. Like I said, everything around this throne is to do nothing but to bring glory to that one on that throne. They're around that throne just to show that that throne is the center of everything. Huh? And I'll tell you, why do these, whom do these elders worship? Him that sat upon the throne. That's why. Look what it said in verse 5. 
Oh my, they, they worship Him that sat upon the throne. And out of the throne, out of that throne, now He's done seeing the throne, the one sitting on the throne, what He looked like, and the throne, 12 seats around the throne. And out of that throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. Oh my. You remember that's what happened under the law. But it's a different story here. These are not thunders and lightnings and voices that tells us to stay away, but tells us that we can come close. And then he talked about the seven lamps of fire burning. And what what are those seven lamps of fire burning before the throne? Well, you know, in the, in the tabernacle they had seven lights. That that the Jews call it menorah, but they had that lampstand in in the tabernacle. It had seven flames on it. They went in there and put oil in that lamp every day, and they kept those seven things burning all the time. That lampstand, that light that represented Christ. Well, here we have this seven lamps of fire. And what are these seven lamps of fire before the throne? Well, he said, he tells us what they are. They're the seven spirits of God. Those seven lamps are the seven spirits of God. Now, why in the world are they burning? Why are they full of fire? Well, first of all, they're full of fire to bring judgment Our God is a consuming fire. Fire represents judgment. Fire represents purification. And so fire represents judgment and it also represents sanctification, purification. And the Spirit of God has purified us, all of His blessed elect. And I tell you what, that's seven spirits of God. That's that's the Holy Spirit. Always, always active. Seeing everything. Going everywhere. All wise. All wise. And then look what it says about the throne there in verse 6. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. Huh? A sea of glass. Now, the last time you've seen this, Solomon made a sea of brass and it looked like glass. And he had seven animals facing out from it. And he made this great, big, huge sea. And it shone, and it's just, you could just, it's just, just looked like water almost. And it, he made this. And that's what he said here before God's throne. There's a crystal sea, sea of glass, crystal, brilliant, bright, transparent, can be seen. And look what it says. And in the midst of the throne, right in the middle of it, and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Oh my. The four beasts, the four beasts, Full of eyes. They had them in front of them. They had them in back of them. What does that mean? They standing ready. Standing ready to do. Go. Whatever God and His blessed Son. Purpose for them to do. Now who are these? They're cherubims. That's who they are. They're cherubims. 
you find them around the throne and in in Ezekiel you find find them around the, you know the first time cherubim's mentioned it's mentioned where God took in, in Genesis and he put a cherubim at the east of Eden at the gate going into Eden with a flaming sword going back and forth to keep anyone from going in keep anyone from going in and so you see that and the cherubims are are over the holy things of God you see them all the time and look how he describes them he describes them this way and he calls them beast the first was like a lion you know a lion has great strength lions call the he's majestic he's powerful stealthy got might great teeth full of full of fierceness and strength and then you got the calf and that word calf is the same word of an ox this beast here has the strength of an ox He's got great strength, great power, great abilities. And then there's one who has the face of a man. Why the face of a man? Because a man, he has intelligence. He's not like a beast. He's got a, he's got a face. He's got a brain. He's got intelligence. Shows how, how intelligent that he are. He's compassionate like a man would be. And then the next beast is as the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. A flying eagle. And you know an eagle, boy, I tell you what, he can get real, real high. And he can just soar around and he can, and he, no matter how high he gets, he can see just exactly what's going on below him. He can see something he wants and down he goes and gets it. I never get, forget the first time I ever saw a bald eagle. That was the most wondrous thing. That was just incredible for me to see that thing. I just stood and looked and looked and looked. I picked around the corner. I said, I ain't going to get out behind this corner. I'll make him fly off. And oh, he stood so tall. And them things can fly up and, and they'll look down and see what there is. And he just... And so the, all these beasts, they represent something. They're pictures of something. And you know what they do? And it says there in verse... Verse 8, and the four beasts, each of them had six wings about them. You know where the first place you see six wings? Isaiah 6. All the seraphim had six wings. Two to cover their face, two to cover their feet, and two to fly. But here are these things they had six wings. They were full of eyes within. They seen everything. And listen, this is what they do now. So first round around the throne, you got these twenty elders. Then you got these beasts, and they don't rest day and night. They have no rest. They rest not day and night. And all they say is, "Holy, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come." Now look what they do. Look what they do. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne and who liveth forever and ever. You see, beloved, 
That's what them four booths, they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And they give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne who lives forever and ever. Everything around that throne is centered on that throne. To give honor to that throne. To give glory to that one on that throne. And listen what else that happens now. Now in those four and twenty elders. The four and twenty elders. They fall down before him that sit on the throne. Oh, the twelve patriarchs, the twelve apostles, all these elders. Fall down before him that sat on the throne. John's seeing this happening now. And worship him. Fall down before him and worship him. That liveth forever and ever. Now remember where they had those crowns on their head? What they do with those crowns? And they cast their crowns before the throne. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need this crown. He gave it to me. I'm going to give it right back to him. He gets all the glory. He gets all the honor. And they cast their crowns before the throne. And this is what they said. Oh, the beast, the 420 elders, everyone around that throne. They're doing one thing, honoring Him and honoring and glorifying Him that sits on that throne. And all these four and twenty elders, they said, Thou art worthy. Oh, Lord, Thou art worthy. They represent all the redeemed of all down through eternity in humility and worship. All their victory and all their crowns, they, they set before Him because He gave them to them. He won the victory. And they said, Thou art worthy. You alone are worthy. Who's worthy as He is? Oh, one of these days we'll find out. It'll take eternity to find out how worthy He is. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory. Oh, to God be the glory. Great things He had done. And honor. Oh, Lord, we're going to give you honor. And you got power. Oh, you received glory and honor and all power. And listen to this. For thou hast created all things. There's not a thing in this world or in this universe that you didn't create. And listen to this. And for thy pleasure, for thy pleasure, they are and were created. And that's what he's talking about here, about that throne. When he gets through saying what he says about it, you created all things. And you know why you did it? To please yourself. Just to please yourself. Huh? Our blessed, blessed Savior, oh gracious God, our great and highly and lifted up, glorious, sovereign, immutable God, worthy of our worship, worthy of our hearts, worthy of our whole being. For you made us and not we ourselves. You made us the sheep of your pasture, not ourselves. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for how you've met with us today. Oh Lord, it's what a blessing it is to have your presence. What a blessing it is to have your word. What a blessing it is to look into it. Learn just a little bit out of it. Very, very little. But Lord, what we learn 
It's worth 10,000 worlds like this. Oh, to learn more of you. To learn more about our Savior. His worthiness, His power, His glory, His honor. And how everything in the universe is going to center around that blessed throne. And we wait, wait for the day when we will come there and we'll gather around that throne and we'll worship Him that liveth forever and ever and ever. In His holy name we bless you and praise you. Amen. Amen. Let's see if I can do this. Every hour of every day, every moment, and in every way, I'm leaning on Jesus. He's the rock of my soul, singing His praise.